so fancy, my Mothman shirt. Hello, everyone. Welcome to TV Literate, a podcast that unapologetically enjoys trashy TV. I'm Jillian. And I'm Megan. I kind of fucked up the word apologetically, but I'm just going to stick with it. Let's just go with it. Yeah. It adds it adds a little bit of spice to that, to that particular intro. Hell yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, hi. How are you hi. today? <laughs> I am doing all right. It is really rainy today, which is kind of mm-hmm. like nice. I just like kind of stayed in bed and like mm, just soaked in the rain so i'm doing pretty good right now how are you i'm all right too uh i also liked the rain <laughs> that was really quiet but it was like, we like so rain fucking dark this morning when i woke up that like Holy i woke shit. up at like eight o'clock and i was like it has to be like 4 a.m mm-hmm. well um so i have really messed up sleep schedule as you will know but our listeners mm-hmm. might not quite know Anyway, I was awake when my husband got up for work at, which is usually at like eight, eight thirty ish, and when he, I like had no idea it was actually morning this morning until I heard him get up and I'm like, "Is he getting up to go to the bathroom?" And I was like, "No, it's fucking eight fifteen, and the sun just is not coming out today." So uh-uh. I still don't think I've seen the sun. Nope, it's dark. That's okay. Make it rain. It is. Honestly, it kind of matches like the mood of the world right now. So I'm, um, you know, I'm here for it. It's it feels symbolic. So have you been watching anything fun, interesting lately? Well, I did just do the original Blair Witch and the 2016 Hell, Blair Witch, one yes. right after the other, which was an experience. <laughs> oh, classic! When I remember when the the remake for Blair Witch came out a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. When they first started promoting it, it was like for they like were acting like it was a completely different movie. Um, and I remember seeing the preview for that movie um, in front of a movie with Kyler. We were on a date to see a movie because we could, you know, go to movies back then because there was, yeah. you know, a deadly virus. But um, anyway, and I and he was like, oh, that's that, that looks like just like Blair Witch. It's just like a knockoff Blair Witch. And then like a couple weeks later, it was revealed that that movie is actually Blair Witch, too. And Kyler was like, I am a prophet God. And I'm like, God, that's just what you need for your confidence. But oh, no. um, anyway, I love Blair Witch. It's like it's so a classic. Uh, it's so it's like a cult classic, like one of my favorite. Like I said, I love found footage horror films. So mm-hmm. all have you watched Witch. all of them? I have not. I've only watched the original and the 2016 remake. Those are the only two I've seen. I haven't seen the other. Is there there's two or th- three of them? There's three of the original ones. Yeah. The second one is trash. The third one gets really fucking weird in kind of fun ways. <laughs> cool. Maybe I'll have to watch it. I mean, I honestly, when it comes to horror movies, even if they're trash, I love watching them because they're fun regardless of if mm-hmm. they're actually good or not. So... Maybe I'll give them a try. I haven't actually like considered watching those two. I don't know why. The only horror movies that I turn off are the ones that are like just so plottingly slow and not even like in the yeah. slow burn way. It's just like someone forgot that it needed a plot. Yeah, if I'm bored, like no, I'm not gonna watch it. But if as long as I'm entertained, even if it's trash, I'm I'm down for it. I don't really care. Exactly. Exactly. Um you can make schlock. It's just gotta be fun schlock. Exactly. I think that's pretty much all I've been watching, just movies mm-hmm. we've been watching. We did start a rewatch of Haven last night, which is 
a really bad sci-fi TV show that started, like, God, it was like 2004 or something. I don't know. It went for like five seasons, but it's all based on Stephen King stuff. So it was fun to watch after I had read more Stephen King because when I first watched it, you know, I'd only read like the big, the big thing, Shining, It, whatever. Yeah. But then it's like last year for October, I did um, a Stephen King reading month basically Mm -hmm. so like I read all the shorter stories and like the Colorado kid and all that stuff and so it makes it like a much cooler show even though it's still very much a sci-fi show (laughs) right yeah (laughs) I have um I have like mixed feelings on Stephen King I've read a lot of his books and I've read a couple that I liked and then a couple that I've hated Mm -hmm. um and I feel like I need to go into his short stories uh because I haven't I'm not typically a short story person but I think I would like his because my problem with Stephen King is a lot of times he just like rambles about stuff that doesn't matter. And then like the things that do matter, he doesn't spend time developing those mm-hmm. a lot of times. So I think maybe I would like the pacing a little bit more of a one of his stories. So, yeah. Yeah. He has a couple of collections of short stories and I think he has one. Um, I think he did one with his son, mm-hmm. um, not Owen, but Joe Hill. Joe Hill. Yeah. I love Joe Hill. He is yeah. like Clive Barker and Stephen King mixed together in one weird, like creepy, horny mess. I don't know. Yeah, I've only read <laughs> Horns by him, but I liked it. <laughs> and yeah. I'd like to read more of his books because I'm intrigued by his writing for sure. Yeah, his book Strange Weather was really good. It's for like okay. stories basically, but they're, they're very good. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. Thanks for the recommendation. I'm always recommending you stuff. <laughs> I know I you're just a fountain of recommendations and I'm here for it I need all the stuff that can just help me get through get through this year please I know I haven't read anything or like listened to an audiobook since like April <laughs> yeah I I had I went through one reading phase over the summer where I read a lot but then I haven't read since like the beginning of August yeah. But that's okay. I'll get back to it eventually. And it's always there. I'll always come back to it. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. It's all just cycles of reading to movies to TV. Exactly. Especially now that like Fauci is saying that we're not going to be out of the house till 2022. So yeah. we got a yeah. lot of time, buds. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm not worried about it. Um, yeah. So what have you been watching? <laughs> um, I too, I've been watching some horror movies because yeah. it's that time I watched, which I've seen it before, but I watched Unfriended because that kind of shit. I love it. It's trash, but I love it. I love anything that has to do with like, like the computer and like the social media aspects like that. I'm, I, that's, I'm a slut for that. Like for real. Oh my God. And, um, so I watched that again and it was fun. And then I watched, um, One Bedroom on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I didn't watch that one because it looked too much like, oh, this could be real life if someone were to, like, come and try and murder you in a house if you're there, your landlord. But I don't know if that's actually the plot. It's not, that's, it's not exactly the plot. It's kind of like that. It's definitely, like, it did not seem realistic to me. I'll just say that. Okay, good. But it, it was okay. I, it was crazy. It, it kind of felt like... It was trying to be like kind of like get out and maybe a little bit of like trying to be like Ari Aster type thing. And oh, yeah, I mean, it was like a knockoff of that. It was fun to watch, but it wasn't like anything incredible. I'll put it back on the list. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like I said, it's not like, oh, this is something that could happen to me like that. No, it's not. Um, Don't worry. Speaking of social media tech horror because that is one of my niches too mm-hmm. <laughs> um did you watch host yet on shutter 
I have not. No. Okay, that one's really good. Like, okay, I'll, I'll add. I'll put that one to the top of my list. It was filmed like all in quarantine, and all of the stunts the actors did themselves and stuff. Like it's it's pretty cool. It's that's cool. Very spoopy. <laughs> um, I'm here for that. So that's good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's that was my only other recommendation. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm I'm here for the recommendations. All right. So we do. Do we want to just get into the meat? The meat yeah. of the show. Let's just do it. Let's just. Let's Do go. It. So we are continuing with what we did last episode, which last episode we covered the first three episodes of the new series of Unsolved Mysteries episodes on Netflix. And mm-hmm. we are going to complete that new series with the last three or first three, depending on how Netflix decided to <laughs> order it for you, uh, episodes. Today we are going to be covering uh, Tsunami Spirits, uh, let's see, Lady in the Lake, and Stolen Children. And the other three episodes uh, you can find we covered on last week's show. All right. So we want to start with Tsunami Spirits? Let's go. Let's go. Why don't you start talking <sighs> about this one? Because this was your episode. I mean, I loved it too, but this was your episode. I loved it so much. Like, So this was... Kitten. <laughs> if you're going to be in podcast studio, you got to be quiet. Okay, I have a sock here I can throw at her. She fucking Perfect. loves this fucking rug. Oh, now she's biting the sock. Jesus. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, so Tsunami Spirits, I totally loved this one. I definitely liked the Unsolved Mystery vibe back in the day of, like, is it ghosts? Mm-hmm. So this one definitely got got that vibe for me. But basically, it was kind of a compilation of stories of people who had lived through the tsunami in 2011 um, mm-hmm. in Japan. And this focused on the town of Ishinomaki, which the earthquake hit March 11th, 2011, and it was like a huge one, like 9.0, mm-hmm. and they hadn't had one that big any, uh, before. And uh, then the tsunami came, and the tsunami was fucking insane. Like, I remember watching at the tsunami coverage and everything, but like... 131 feet that's how high the water got i know i remember yeah i remember this very distinctly when it happened like you said i remember watching like news coverage about it but it it, watching this um the footage of the tsunami how terrifying it was and just hearing the stories like i guess i it it just didn't hit me how horrific it was like obviously I knew it was horrific, but God, it was watching it this. Hadn't it hadn't been like personalized. Me, yeah, it gave me a whole new perspective on just how horrible this was for them. Mm-hmm. And I also really liked this because most of the older unsolved mysteries and stuff were focused around like people who had ghosts or demons and they were Christian and or Catholic, you know, that kind of thing. And this was like much more focused in Japan, which has, you know, like Shinto Buddhism and much more interesting ideas about spirituality and what happens after you die. Mm -hmm. That's that's one thing I wanted to bring up uh, kind of related to that. Uh, And this goes back to the first series of episodes they had, too. I liked that both episode or both series had one episode that was about a completely different country mm-hmm. um other than the united states just because i feel like in the united states it's so hard to kind of get out of the united states when it comes to the news there's so much going on here and it feels like this is the whole world but then it so it's kind of nice just not nice because obviously that's tragic yeah, but it's tragic, nice to step like- back and get um get the perspective and get you know stories from outside of you know the sphere of what we normally get. Mm-hmm. So I I really appreciated that, and I'm glad they have um, 
And I, I just I hope that they keep including stories like this in future episodes because I, I think that these are the ones that kind of stick with me the most. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like the French one from last season was <laughs> a little harder for me because, I mean, I kind of speak French, but not well enough to like listen to conversational French when I don't know the topic and especially like legalese words. Right, right. But it was it was weird because it does feel so much like. I don't know, like America, we we are the only ones who fuck up with crimes too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it is kind of nice to be like, oh yeah, other people fuck up too. It's yeah, not like, like other people have unsolved shit, right? We might be fucking up the worst, and we might be the most embarrassing, but you know what? At least we're not alone and fucking up. Yeah, and it makes me feel much more like I don't know. In a lot of the cases in the U.S. are just like, oh, it's police negligence, like the whole thing. They're just like, in, like in one of these other stories, they just <sighs> assumed what happened ahead of time and just didn't investigate. Oh, I'm ge- I'm gonna get, I'm gonna be, you get I'm fired up one. about that one. <laughs> I know. Oh man. Um, but okay, back to this one. Yeah, sorry. I, it's okay. I we both got out of, through the woods, through the woods. To grandmother's house <laughs> we go. So the main guy that they first were focusing on was this guy named Kazuya, and he almost died um, and was, like, running. He he said 55 of his coworkers had died. And- oh, my God. When he said that, I was like, what the fuck? Because yeah. I think it's crazy, um, and it's hard not to compare, like, tragedies like that to tragedies that you've experienced. And so I'm kind of ex- comparing it to, to COVID because – this mm-hmm. is a huge tragedy that is infecting all of us. And, like, I cannot imagine. Can you imagine having 55 people you know died of COVID? Uh-uh. No. I mean, I'm shocked and appalled that I know two. Like, exactly. Like, too many. 55 people. You That is that is insane to me. I cannot and imagine just, like, swept the grief. Off and, like, their bodies may or may not have been found. Yeah. And like, just gone. And may or may not, like, ever find them. And an instant, too. Like, that's the, the horrible thing about something like this is it's, like, literally... An instant later, they're gone. They're fine a second ago, and they're gone. Mm-hmm. It's just, I cannot imagine the heartbreak. This guy also lost his whole fucking family yep. and found them all. So he found his oh. daughter in the bamboo forest, draped, like, spiked on top of a piece of bamboo. Yeah, which... it said that she looked like she was sleeping, which, uh, it was so hard. Like, hearing him talk about this was, like, horrifying. And then he went to go find his younger daughter, Mm-hmm. Which, sadly, he found her. She was a baby, and they were searching through all of the wreckage of his home, and someone said, I found a baby, and so he wiped off her face, which he said was swollen with water and covered with mud, and he knew it was his daughter. Yeah. Holy fuck. 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 And then this is all compounded, and kind of leads into the ghost stories, and yeah. the fact that so many people died, and such, like, mass devastation, was that there was no power, so that nobody could cremate their loved ones which is what you do in buddhism yeah. so they ended up just having to bury them because what else mm-hmm. you're gonna do and they just were sort of like oh we'll dig them up later so then we can give them a proper funeral and like i mean if there's anywhere it's gonna have ghosts it's gonna be here yeah definitely definitely it, um but also i guess just bringing another i have it in my notes bringing a little another parallel um to covid so it was interesting to watch them talk about, and obviously n- not 
including the spiritual aspect of the Japanese thing. Like, but it was interesting to talk them talk about that, how they couldn't have proper funerals because crematoriums like couldn't operate, and that's like what's happening now. Mm-hmm. Refrigerator trucks in New York. Yeah, I, I was telling I was telling you my uncle sadly passed away about a week ago, and he is being cremated and. Um, it's taking like four or five times the amount of time that it normally takes for ashes to come back because they're just so busy. And that is just like horrifying to think about. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a business you want to be busy. No, no, not at <laughs> Sorry. all. Not at Sorry, all. funeral directors. You do important work, but yes. also I hope we appreciate you, have you. Less work. Yeah. I think they probably do too. Oh, yeah. Um, God. Yeah. So let's go back. Let's talk about the ghosts. Okay. Let's talk about them ghosts. So, let's see. Um, It kind of all focused from this guy's perspective, Shuji Okuno, who was a journalist, and he was writing ghost stories, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, He was writing about all the claims that were in uh, Ishinomaki. And so, one day, this guy reached out for him named Indo. Something supernatural had happened to him, and he went to go see if his mother was at one of the shelters, and he sees this woman sitting in a wheelchair in front of the window and he's wearing his mother's clothes looks like his mother and then the second that he goes to take a picture of her he realizes that it's not (laughs) yeah he's like he mentioned that her like face changed when he went to go take the picture and what the fuck that's terrifying yeah it's so scary and so sad because like if it wasn't a ghost it just means that he wanted to see his mom be okay so badly that he couldn't handle it being someone else yeah that's that's i mean either way it's horrifying um yeah especially like you know lots of theories of ghosts or that it's kind of you creating the ghosts and keeping people around basically right so uh yeah it sucks well and then he found out too i think that at the same exact moment that he was taking that picture, like his mom was basically being swept away in a in a bus and dying. Uh huh. I think it was that he they found her at the moment that. Oh, he took did they the find picture. her? Yeah. Okay. It was well, like either a way, micro bus that she had been taking to be like evacuated, and it got got. Yeah, but either way, it was like the same moment that he was taking the picture. It was just kind mm-hmm. of like a weird, like, I don't know, otherworldly Felicity. experience. Crazy. Yeah. Um, and so this guy kept working on these stories for two years. Um, there was one woman that he spoke to who lost her three-year-old son to the tsunami and she started suffering panic attacks and becoming like very depressed, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so every night she would ask if he wanted to sit at the dinner table with them and she would set a place for him and honor him. And then his toys in the corner that they had like in a little shrine to him, um, lit up one night and yeah and they were like toys not toys that just like went off with motion like they had to be like cranked yeah, like a full or something switch kind of mm-hmm. situation yeah and uh which is terrifying but i think they also talked about how this woman like you said she'd been really depressed earlier and was like kind of not over being alive and this kind of gave this experience showed her that her son is watching her at all times and kind of gave her like a reason to live. So mm-hmm. that's kind of beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And especially cause like she had another daughter and like, right. It's, uh, I couldn't imagine like you lose one kid and you know that you have to live for your other kid, but yeah. you always have that hanging over your head that your kid, this kid could be taken from you just like the other one. 
yeah no i that's a horrible situation to be in and Mm -hmm. like your kid needs you and you have to be there for your kid but you you know have to be there for yourself but you can't be there for yourself because you're it's just horrible yeah like you and your husband and your daughter are all dealing with the death of your son and Uh you can't cope with yourself and you can't help anybody else with their grief honestly like shit fucking sucks yeah yeah (laughs) Like, ugh, this whole thing, this whole situation just created so many of these, like, gnarly psychological things to untangle that people, I mean, thank goodness that it didn't fucking happen in America, because we sure as shit don't give a shit about our neighbor. We wouldn't let someone in who was like, I'm hearing ghosts in oh, our house. No. and We'd be like, all right, them. I'm going to call the cops, and then the cops would show up and may or may not shoot you. So Yeah, or your dog, or like... Uh-huh. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> God, it's horrible. <laughs> America and death and everything else. Yes. Um, let's see. So they did start talking to the Reverend Kaneta, who mm-hmm. he was a monk and he was adorable and just I like, loved him. Oh, I don't know. He embodies all of the stuff that I know about like Buddhism of just like taking shit as it comes and continually yeah. looking at the positive aspect and like life is a journey and it's all a path to happiness i love him he he seemed just like such a non-judgmental just like a kind person i Mm -hmm. would love to talk with him him and his wife they were both yeah definitely they were awesome i love them and like i can't imagine that like they are the exception like uh I mean, I'm not glad this happened to Japan again, but like, <laughs> fuck you, it, Japan. It's like, you know, having a communalistic culture like this where you give a shit and like if someone's having a mental breakdown, you don't just walk by them or send them to the loony bin. You invite them into your house and talk through mm-hmm. it with them. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Like in America, we can't even wear a fucking piece of cloth over our mask to protect, you know, the other yeah. people in our community. Much less help someone literally or figuratively exercise their demons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Bye. Um, yeah, so this guy was talking about how Japanese people don't separate the dead from the living. They were saying that it's like the shoji screens in the house, mm-hmm. where it's like that thin paper, that that is essentially the veil. And so people are always on the other side of that. And you are sometimes able to see the shadows of them, and they can see the shadows of you. And it was mm-hmm. very, like, I don't know, heartening. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was it it was really interesting to see kind of how uh, this culture, which I'm not honestly super familiar with, like the intricacies of Japanese culture, mm-hmm. and so it was interesting to kind of see how they deal with grief, um, and like you said, like the more communal aspect of their you know community, which is great. Uh, one thing that was interesting is they talked about how. Um, the Japanese rarely seek out kind of grief counseling because in their mind, they're worried that that grief counseling would lead them to forgetting the dead that they're grieving for, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I loved just getting that kind of different perspective on grief. Yeah, especially since like all of these stories are so like gut wrenching. Yeah, like <laughs> in awful. This and in all of the other uh, episodes. Yeah. Like, how do you fucking deal with the shit like this? Like, especially with no closure. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, let's see. Other ghost stories. They were talking about one woman heard a knock 
and the visitor asked for dry clothes to switch into, and then there were more knocks and more ghosties looking for dry clothes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All this just breaks my freaking heart. Dry clothes, yeah. Like, think, uh, like they're in the tsunami. Like, it's just horrifying. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, eight years after the tsunami is now-ish, right? A couple years There's ago. There's 11, yeah. Nine, yeah, that would be last year. Yeah. So pretty much everything has been cleaned up, but there's still not any real buildings where they had been and like mm-hmm. houses that were washed away have not been rebuilt. So they're saying that all these spirits have been trying to find their families and yeah. don't know where to find them. And like, that's such a huge thing in like Japanese spirituality, like having a shrine up for your dead loved mm-hmm. ones. So you don't forget them. And also so that they know that you haven't forgotten them. I don't yeah. Know. Like it's, it's heartbreaking. It's <sighs> just all around like every aspect of it is just yeah horrifying um and so uh leading off of that they started talking about how specifically this woman kaisho aizawa who she can see ghosts and she would talk to people on the street that were ghosts that were wet Mm -hmm. that were looking for their family that were you know just looking for I don't know, some way to move on. And um, she said that she stopped some, she was stopped by some ghosts on the street and they didn't know that they were dead. So she had to inform them, which Jesus, you're dead. (laughs) Can you imagine? How do you say that? You're fucking dead, Jim. Well, and imagine if you fuck up and they're not dead. (laughs) Yeah, really? Like, um, excuse me. There's like one living guy in the midst of like eight different ghosts. And you're like, you're all dead. And he's like, what? What? Sorry, Bob. And then he like, and then he like walks off a building thinking he'll be fine, and then he actually dies. Yeah. No. No. He wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. Why would a ghost walk off a building? Just he would just fun. try and walk through a wall and smash his little face. Yeah, and be something like, no, like yeah, that. I'm alive. <laughs> well, maybe. And I'm just hoping it wouldn't be like something super like daredevil that he did on his first try. Yeah. No. No. I guess that's that's good advice for when you're a ghost. Is like the first time you're testing out if you're a ghost, make sure it's something that would like just mildly hurt you. Yeah, like try and put your hand through a wall. Right, right. You can good do it. Advice. You're dead. If you can't, it'll hurt, and you're probably yeah. not dead. Because I feel like if you hurt after death, who wants to be dead? <laughs> <laughs> I know that was like a real circular logic moment there. Who wants to be dead? Like, you know, What's the point like, of being dead if you're, you're going like to be in the pain? Because like so often we're like, you know, they're not in pain anymore. They've moved on to a better place. And it's like, no, you get to have death be painful. Seriously, like why do people say that? We don't know that that's true. Why would they say that? It's because we have to believe Misleading. something isn't shit. Also, like the void of nothingness after your existence is a gaping maw to look into. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I guess we got to do something to help us. Cope. yeah yeah i don't know it's all just like empty platitudes but true what the fuck else do you say like sorry that they don't exist anymore love you <laughs> bye <laughs> yes that's perfect <laughs> i mean there are lots of other things to say but when it's someone that you don't like know it's right like right. you're like well you know they're in a better place or yeah oh they're like at least they're not in pain or, anymore or, yeah 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 and it definitely is not an excuse, but kind of an explanation about why, how, how a lot of us feel relief after someone who has been yeah. sick has died. Like, yeah, yeah, we, we get it. Yeah. Um, I did like that they had the university people who were talking about spirituality in a post-tsunami world. Uh-huh. Like, that was good. Fuck, I want that to be my dissertation. That sounds so cool. It does. It does. 
Um, so that guy also was a collector of ghost stories. Um, he collected ghost stories from mostly taxi drivers. 164 days after the tsunami in August, it was hot and a man around 20 years old was wearing a heavy coat in the cab. Taxi driver thought it was strange and then when the driver looked back, the passenger was totally gone. That's pretty much all of these stories. People who, you know, were wet, people who looked bedraggled, people who Mm -hmm. were not ordinarily out at those times of day, too. Um, And then they had, like, the meters log their travel, and so he felt that they were the most, like, provable because they legitimately thought that somebody was in the car with them. Yeah, and they had to pay. The taxi drivers had to pay for that. So, like, it's not like like something they would just, like, do, be like, just to fuck with them, because they actually would have to pay for that, so. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I don't know, it's kind of nice. If ghosts are real, I hope that taxi drivers give them rides to their family's house. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with that. (laughs) That seems like a... Unless what it would really suck if, like, it was a really fucking far ride and it was, like, going to be huge and they get there and there's nobody in the backseat. All of a sudden, they're just gone. I have to pay, like, a shit ton of money. That would suck. Yeah, that would suck. But I still think most of them would be like, you know, I helped someone today. Which, you know, you can't put a dollar amount on that. That's true. You're so right. <laughs> I'm going on the platitudes hard. <laughs> um, yeah, so this guy was talking to talking about how this area of Japan is still pretty rural and kind of like, it's not backwoods, but like they have a lot older beliefs and still do many like traditions that more modern air quotes, <laughs> uh, Japan don't do. So like they have uh, shamans who call upon the spirits of the dead and people being possessed by ghosts, that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Then whereas most of Japan doesn't have that kind of relationship with ghosts and death. Right. Um, let's see. I don't know. He, he was... I liked him. He was, like, the kind of skeptic that I aim to be, like, I want to fucking see a ghost. I want to know about all the ghosts you've seen. But I don't think I will see a ghost in my life. Yeah. He was very but, respectful, at mm-hmm. least. Um, well, and he was, like, undefined things can just be left undefined. Like, yeah. If we could just get that through the head of, like, everybody in the whole fucking world, we'd be a True. lot better off. Like, we just don't have to know everything. We don't. We don't have to have an answer for everything. No. And you can look into it and try and answer it, but that doesn't mean that it, if you can't find the answer, that it's not real or not right. real to someone. Right. Exactly. Um, and basically they brought the Reverend Kaneta back and he basically said the exact same thing as the university guy. He's like, you know, interpretation from outside of the chaos isn't what matters it matters how people are interpreting them and having that rest with their soul basically right right so then they get into the big story of this one which is the reverend's wife uh brought a girl in from the front doors like she looked sick she said she had people inside of her spirits are entering her body and she can't stop them um she was anonymized so her name was amy (laughs) on this one amy Amy. (laughs) yeah it was ami so i was like yeah I'm just going to say Amy. I'm sorry. I've definitely butchered all of these Japanese words. I like Amy works. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's familiar. 
We all know a possessed bitch named Amy. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, it's always bitches named like Amy who are being possessed. I mean, we have the possession of Emily Rose. Yeah, like, come on. It's Kitty (laughs) Corner. Amy is such a possessed bitch name. (laughs) (sighs) Sorry. No disrespect to Amy. Yeah, no. Fuck. I mean, gotta laugh about it or cry about it, man. Exactly. (laughs) So she basically was possessed. She wanted someone to kill her. She said that... She had a spirit of a girl crying. There was a man holding her leg who couldn't let go. And then when Reverend Kaneta grabbed her feet to try and cleanse her, um, the man said, who are you? What is the Reverend doing here? And then he left, apparently, after they burned some incense, Mm -hmm. which that sounds about right. Yeah. At least he left. Yeah. Um, and so she kept coming over and over again. Oftentimes she'd show up at like 7 p.m. and not leave mm-hmm. until like 3 a.m. So every time that she was exercised of these spirits, more spirits would show up. Um, then, God, this one was the big one. It's like she was possessed by a girl who had to let go of her brother's hand. And she heard her yeah, brother saying ugh. that I can't run anymore. But she just kept running. Obviously, they had to because there was no other water option behind them. Yeah, she can't stop and help him. Um, and she was probably not big enough to carry him or anything. So they had to let go of each other. And then he was washed away and she wanted to apologize to her mom. Yeah. Which, uh, fuck. Yeah. So the Reverend's wife stood in as the mother and said, mom's right here. I'll never let you go. You're always here with me. And I just got goosies again. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Um, (laughs) yeah. So I don't know. He did such a good thing at the end of all this cafe Mm -hmm. de monk, which, so yes. cute. Yes. Um, but yeah, he started having like coffee and dessert nights for people to grieve together, which mm-hmm. again would be great if we could do this in America. Yeah. Like we're gonna need that shit. soon. We're gonna need that real fucking soon. Well, we can actually gather together. We can do virtual yeah. ones now, but that's not as good. Yeah, not as good. Especially if you can't have cake. Yeah. I want cake and coffee. Exactly. And crying, because that's what it's going to be. Cake, coffee, the and crying. Three C's, baby. <laughs> the, th- the three C's of grieving. The three. Cake, coffee, crying. Mm-hmm. Bears, beats, Battlestar Glock. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So, yeah, that one was, it was It just, was rough. It was so it was. good. I don't. It was so good. This episode was crazy, but the next episode... So the, f- the f- last episode made me sad but hopeful, kind of, in a way. Yeah, this one like- just fucking pissed me off, this next one. Uh, Lady in the Lake. So mm-hmm. this story takes place in January of 2010 in Michigan. Um, and it starts off with a suspicious car being found abandoned at a church. Um, and after some investigating, they find out it belongs to jo- Joanne Romaine. Um, and they also find like it's in a, it's in January in Michigan, so it's fucking snowy as hell. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they found footprints leading from the snow into the lake, mm-hmm. and that kind of sparks and- some worry. Obviously, <laughs> they they saw that that she did a scoot scoot down the she did a scoot scoot big embankment, which she was wearing fancy boots, and they did the whole thing in this and. She did not do a scoot scoot. Yeah, she did not. But anyway, so they find... Uh, so obviously this is alarming. And um, after the police contact Joanne's children, they realize that nobody really knows where the fuck she is. 
she was at church at a prayer meeting at like seven and people report seeing her and people report seeing her leave people report seeing her car leave mm-hmm. um but then all of a sudden she her car appears at the church parking lot again and she's missing mm-hmm. and this one makes us real fucking mad because the cops saw the scoot scoot and basically just stopped fucking investigating yeah they're like oh she committed suicide obviously by walking into two feet of freezing cold water yeah so they did like so yeah this this where she was led up to a lake a very shallow lake with no current just mm-hmm. like basically a huge puddle of water yeah and you could <laughs> see through to the bottom even when it was frozen yeah um so after she went missing obviously they did a big canvas of the area including the lake and they saw no sign of her in or around the lake mm-hmm. immediately after her disappearance yeah not even like um, broken ice near where she did a scoot scoot yeah nothing um so yeah but it's they still think it's a suicide because clearly oh another th- interesting kind of thing that they talked about um her her kids did not for a second believe that it was suicide mm-hmm. and they said like the main reason why they didn't believe that is because she was very like a devout catholic and mm-hmm. that is like a big no-no <laughs> i mean obviously like catholicism like you don't go to heaven if you kill yourself uh-uh. so um yeah it's just kind of interesting and obviously suicide is not always something that can be predicted mm-hmm. um but there was really no sign or any reason for any of them to believe that she would have committed suicide yeah like you know she filled her gas tank right before yeah. she went to church like that's not stuff that you would normally do unless you were gonna like kill yourself in your car exactly yeah if you yeah if you, that's your way of going for sure but otherwise like why would you bother filling up a gas tank if you're just going to drive to the church and leave your car at the church and kill yourself yeah like it doesn't make sense it, no mm-mm. um this was close to detroit too which mm-hmm. we didn't mention um yes I don't know. I don't know what else to say about this one. They did. Do we we just want to say they found her body? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Let's just go into it. We'll just get right into it. They found her body like two months later, Mm -hmm. which fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. 35 miles away from where she had walked into the lake. Yeah, with that, again, had no current, (laughs) Mm -mm. was completely clear, was searched immediately after, found no signs of her. Yeah. So she was found on this island. Um, called Boblo, 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 Boblo. Well, I think something like that. Fuck, I can't remember which one it is. Bob, Boblo, Boblo. I, I like Boblo. Okay, <laughs> Bo- Boblo, <laughs> Boblo Island. Um, they there used to be like a theme park there, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It was like just a regular island that you could essentially get access to, but it was pretty close to Detroit. Oh, no, it wasn't close to Detroit. It was in Ontario. Yeah, it was. Um, I think, well, I think it was like it could be accessed from Detroit or something. It had something. Yeah. There was like uh, Detroit was somehow involved in this. Yeah, this you, like weird island. And they think that maybe they like you can get there from Detroit. It's technically in Ontario, but like it's a short mm-hmm. drive, which I imagine is a lot of things up there. Yeah, and I I think kind of the theory was that her body was maybe, like, dumped, or, like, it was somehow the person accessed the dumping site from Detroit, is, I think, Mm -hmm. kind of how 
Yeah, I mean, the cops did literally zero fucking work on this. Yeah, nothing. This is all being figured out by, like, journalists and her kids and private investigators. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, So, but one of the really interesting things, so obviously, like, that that raises a ton of questions. Like, how is her body found so far away from Mm -hmm. where she, like, supposedly committed suicide? Um, But also, and I kind of touched on this a minute ago, the last person who left the the prayer service at the church that she was last seen at um, said that the parking lot was empty when she left at 735, which was mm-hmm. af- obviously after Joanne had left. Joanne was one of the first people to leave. The last person to, le- to leave said that the parking lot was empty, which mm-hmm. means that Joanne had left. Yeah. Or someone had left with Joanne. Exactly. Joanne's car was gone, but then it comes back like that. That's fucking weird. Yeah. Like, that seems like a setup. And also, like, that is something that was very easily to, easy to find out. Like, the people at the at the prayer meeting were cooperating and they gave their, you know, stories. Yeah. Like, and one would assume they were her friends. So, like, they right. didn't really have any, like, if, unless someone was, like, her active enemy. Like, right. they didn't have any reason to kill her or. It's just, it's just so it weird. It's weird to me that, like, that didn't raise any alert to law and law enforcement like they were just so dead set against it's because they probably didn't even interview them honestly Uh, like why would you interview people when it's a suicide you'd interview maybe her family and they'd be like Mm. okay but yeah so they also found in her purse they had like her purse was still in the car her cell phone was in was missing Uh um and the keys weren't anywhere to be found um and her purse was slightly ripped, which her daughters still have and shown. Uh-huh. Um, she had uh, contusions on her shoulder when she died where yeah. she carried her purse. Um, her shoes were intact, which would be crazy if she walked into a rocky river. Yeah, they were like high-heeled boots. Like, they weren't like snowshoes. I was <laughs> I was super depressed that the guy, the P.I., got the lady to wear the boots to walk down the thing because I thought he was going to lace up. Uh. That would be so good. And walk down the thing. (laughs) That is dedication. Yeah. Um, So, like, once they finally, like, once people started thinking this might be, you know, foul play, uh, their dad was a suspect, but through the PI, um, and he declined to be interviewed. And obviously, you can't compel someone to be interviewed unless you're the cops. Right. Um, Her brother thinks that it's because of him. Because he owed so much money with the real estate crash from 2008. Um, <laughs> I just wrote Tim Matuk, first cousin, bad juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see what I have about that. I have some notes somewhere about that. Um, yeah, so there was a whole bunch of beef, actually, in Joanne's family about inheritance. Um, mm-hmm. I guess when Joanne's parents died, it was all about, like splitting things up between siblings and extended family and things like that. And so there was a lot of beef and somehow Joanne's cousin, Tim was involved um, with that and really disliked Joanne. And um, I explicitly said, if something ever happens to me, look at Tim to Michelle, her daughter. Uh So, okay. um. Yeah. And he, so when he was interviewed by, I think the PI, he said that the last time he talked to Joanne was October, 2009, but her daughter knew that 
he had called or they, or she had called him, um, in December, January, which she disappeared January 12th. Like Mm -hmm. that moves that timeline up a lot. And the interviewing and questioning that they showed that the police did just seemed like bullshit. Just seemed like dudes just joking, just laughing, just being buds, just, Oh, we have to do this. I don't know. I just fucking hated all the cops in this. And like, it was, I was so mad the whole time watching this. I, it pissed me off more than anything. Like I cannot imagine how pissed off her kids must be. Can you imagine if this was your mom? Like, well, and like the whole thing is like, she disappeared in this place called gross point, which is like this bougie white flight community of Detroit. And like, I know Detroit cops are shitty, but if you're a rich white lady, like, usually they're not as shitty and they're just still being shitty. Like, that's, they're extra shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they just don't give a fuck at yeah. all. Usually cops care about rich white ladies. Yeah. Yep. Not, not this rich white lady. I wonder if Tim's a cop. Ugh. Sounds like a cop. I feel like oh, I know a ton of cops cop. named Tim. Yeah. Tim the wizard. <laughs> I don't know. This whole thing just made me so mad. And there was like, it was such a good episode, but there wasn't like a lot to talk about because no one fucking looked at anything. Yeah. It was mostly just us remarking on how fucking infuriating the law enforcement was here. One interesting thing I wanted to bring up, and I I think this is correct, because they talked about it a little bit when like they found her body. They talked about they found like her keys on her and stuff like that. The stuff that Mm -hmm. was missing. But I don't think they ever found her cell phone. Yeah, I don't think they did either. And I would, I'm just wondering, like, maybe, I'm assuming maybe it, like, washed away somewhere, but, like, who knows? Maybe it could be out there and that could be helpful. Yeah, <laughs> or could have been helpful, like, the day of. They could have fucking well, tracked yeah. her cell phone and been They like, could have oh. fucking tried, put any ounce of effort into yeah. figuring out what the fuck actually happened to this poor lady. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's something shifty, something fucking wrong with this one. Yeah, it. I'm just mad, and I feel so bad for Joanne and her kids and her family because... Except for Tim. Well, fuck Tim. Yeah, fuck Tim. Tim the cop, even though we just made that up. He's a yeah. cop in my mind now. Fuck him. He's a cop in his heart. Yeah, you know that. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Let's talk about uh, episode six, which was Stolen Children. This one was so sad so sad too yeah, it was so sad and like it's even worse because this one like law enforcement did more than i expected no i was so impressed with law enforcement in this one and yeah. that makes it almost like i don't know not sadder actually it just makes it like what the f- it makes it more mysterious like what the yeah. fuck happened like yeah if everything like, oh. went as smoothly as it did in this case and it's still not able to have any lead like not even but like not we have friend. no fucking idea and it it's just it's really disturbing. But let's get into it a little bit. Yeah. So this takes place in Harlem, New York in 1989, um, which at the time was very violent, drug filled. Yeah. New York for City Harlem. fucking sucked in the 80s. Right. So um, this story talks about two different families. We'll start with Allison, who uh, at the time she was 26. She had two sons, Levon, who was three and Christopher, who was two. And on May 18th, 1989, my brother was five days old, by the way. Oh, shit. Um, Yeah. This made me, like, sad. I was thinking about my brother being a baby and, like, all these people. I don't know. It was just sad. Anyway, Mm -hmm. she brings her kids to the park. um, And I think 
um, Allison's mom's there, and I also think the children's father's there, and a bunch of other adults. And yeah. while and so she leaves the kids with the adults and goes to the store. And when yeah. she comes back, Christopher is gone, and yep. nobody seems to have any idea what happened to him. All the adults said that they had seen him, you know, in the time frame that she was gone, but all of a sudden he's just gone. Mm-hmm. And it's super weird. Um, so everyone starts looking for him, and then they get the cops involved, and the cops rush to the scene, which, thank goodness, yes, they canvassed everybody who was walking by. They, uh, the search area was twenty four blocks, and like, in like, I mean, essentially, this was Martin Luther King Towers, and I think only one person referred to it this way, but it was technically the project. Yeah, yeah, yes. And so it's like it's these huge high rise buildings with hundreds of thousands of people in Mm -hmm. them and it's like they went and they knocked on all the doors they had money up for reward they were they were on it yeah they just they did all they could and they got not even a fucking thread yeah and the fact that like the the really hard part is like yeah this happened in the park of the projects but it was also you know accessible like it was right off the road and so mm-hmm. basically somebody could have just like taken him into a car and gone and, w- and been away with him instantly. Yeah. So while, you know, it was great that those you know, immediate area was searched, it doesn't seem like that was where he was taken anyway. I have a feeling he was just immediately vacated. Yeah. For one reason or another. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, th- I mean, there, d- there didn't really seem to be any leads at all. The only thing that they talked about was that Christopher's mom had a drug addiction and so they were kind of talking about maybe it had something to do with that but there were like no ties at all that they could mm-hmm. find to it it and was just checked a into the dad and he was in florida and he mm-hmm. even came up to new york to search right like yeah. it didn't seem like a you know familial kidnapping because of right bad blood or whatever so like no real idea and they were like what the fuck and yeah. then and then <laughs> it so happened three again mon- yeah three months later um oh, and this lady rosa glover i felt like i my heart broke so much for this lady mm-hmm. um her son shane was 19 months old at the time and he went missing from the very same park and basically the very same sit- set of circumstances it was mm-hmm. the same day of the week same time of day same park um same uh, general age range 19 months uh yeah, black was young two, boy so. yeah so like literal same like criteria for the kid everything um Basically, she talks about what happened was they immediately upon entering the park, two kids, she said they were six and ten approximately, came up to ask if they could play with Shane. And she kind of like blew him off a little bit at first, but they were pretty insistent. She was like, "Okay, yeah, he can play with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a man sits down next to her. She turns to look at him. And when she turns back, he's gone. And Mm -hmm. like the kids were interviewed. The guy that she sat next to was interviewed and nothing came up any of that. Mm hmm. It was just crazy. Like, he was just gone. Yeah, it was wild. And, like, the New York police ended up starting a whole task force for missing Mm -hmm. children because of these two kids. They had $30,000 reward for any information. Um, And they said that at the time it was very unusual not to find babies and young, young Mm -hmm. children that go missing. Like, babies don't just bail like, you know, a 15 or 16-year-old could do. They don't run away from home. Yeah, they're going to, yeah, they have to be taken care of or not taken care of by somebody. And either way, that's going to be found out, usually. Yeah, and I mean, it's, yeah, it's not like they got 
into a bad relationship with some dude who forced yeah. them into prostitution and they were ashamed, you know, the stupid stories that they always try and yeah. do. Of or you can't be like, shit. did they leave on their own accord? <laughs> no, yeah. these kids did not. <laughs> no, a 19-month-old did not and he would not have gotten very far. <laughs> no. And even if he wanted to, should not be allowed to be on their own. So Yeah. And probably if someone had seen a 19-month-old wandering around the streets, they would have picked that baby up and been like, okay, let's go to the park and see if your mom's there. Let's find your parents or something. Yeah. You're not just going to walk off with someone's two-year-old. like No. No. (laughs) So they started talking about that this might be a baby-selling ring Mm -hmm. or people who were abducting children to raise as their own, which Mm -hmm. is a thing. It's a thing. Oh, they talked about a case um, about Carlina White, who was kidnapped by a fake nurse um, when she was only 19 days old. Um, and she actually, like, kind of questioned her upbringing her whole life and ended up doing a DNA test. And 23 years later, found out who she was and reconnected with her parents, uh, which is a really great and hopeful story. Um, and certainly, like, could happen and could be the case here. But I just, I think that that's an unlikely scenario. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it would be a nurse or anything like that again. I think... Honestly, it it was probably like some crazy fucking Hicks baby bullshit mm-hmm. of someone yeah. essentially selling babies like the they were saying, but you yeah, know, selling them as like we're an adoption agency and putting them in an orphanage. I think that I think that the fact that um, two babies were stolen in so close proximity of time, like that shows that it's not just like people taking them to like raise as their own. I would think, if anything, like you said, they're taking them and like selling them or something. Mm-hmm. Um, or doing ho- even more horrible things, which, yeah. Well, and so, like, this really reminded me of, I don't know if you've ever listened to it, but it was called, it was a podcast called Atlanta Monster. Uh, um, I've heard of it, and I, I, but I have not listened to it, no. And so that one was, it's like, it's so frustrating, because it feels like it could be something this easy, like just some guy who wants to murder children. Mm-hmm. But in that one, it was just that, the cops were so racist they didn't care about black kids being stolen he wasn't being that crafty like yeah they just like didn't this, give a shit yeah this, this is one like, is like they're they're doing everything they can and they're still not getting anything which yeah. is terrifying yeah and wild like i don't know it's it's so scary and weird to think that you could have been like a stolen kid like any one of us could have theoretically been a stolen kid <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Other than like, other than the fact that like, I am my parents' children, that you can just see yeah. it in me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah that is. Like... I'm thankful that I have like traits that are like very much like, oh, you're your parents' kid, because I'm totally the type of person that'd be like, what if I was switched at birth? Mm-hmm. And it makes those like terrible stories of people who you know find out like Carlina White who was named Nettie Nance at that point in time, like that you thought you had just been adopted, but instead you were yeah, fucking kidnapped. I, can, I cannot imagine having to deal with that. That <laughs> no. And like, I know there are people out there who are crazy enough to do this, like miscarriages and all that stuff is very yeah. mentally taxing can definitely. definitely cause you to have like a psychotic fucking break. Um, especially if you have no support systems or like a spouse mm-hmm. that supports you, whatever, like, I mean, there are all those women like that. When I moved back to Colorado um, back in 2012, I think there was that lady who got Craigslist murdered and the lady did it because she fucking cut the baby out of her. Yes, yes, I remember that. Yeah, like 
I mean, I know there are people who do that, but again, they're not very crafty. That's, yeah, it's just, it's, it seems way too smooth of an operation. Like, this was a planned, like, they knew what they were doing when they did this. Like, they left no signs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was just a, like a smash and grab, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, 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 I have no idea. Um, but I think the fact to the, that it was such a kind of professional operation that left no signs and the fact that two happened in a row showed that it's like some type of professional operation of some type, whether it just be somebody who's done this a lot or somebody who has connections. Has, yeah, or exactly. Whatever. Like, yeah, there's so many different things that it could be and all of them sound vaguely insane like they all sound like QAnon you're like baby smuggling ring sex trafficking and you're like but I mean it's insane like in general that these kids were just taken with no sign left at all like that is insane and it happened so obviously like there has to be some type of insane explanation to it yeah like I don't know and like if they had been murdered or something I feel like they would have shown up yeah exactly um which is really like imagine like these kids could just be like living a life, not having no idea because they're not kids anymore. They're they're in their thirties, so I mean, that's just it's crazy to think about. I don't know, but again, glad that uh, Unsolved Mysteries did this one with all the aged up versions because it's like, hey, if you think you know this person, couldn't hurt. Yeah, just be like, hey, have you seen this episode? Uh, like, watch it on Netflix. It's really cool. Yeah, have have you requested your birth certificate lately? Have you yeah. have you done some ancestry DNA? Um, one of the, uh, like I, I mentioned before, but Shane's mother Rosa really broke my heart in this episode. Um, because Shane was her yeah. only kid. She had him when he was like she was like thirty five, so she was like older in life and kind of had this really strong connection with them. And she had like a shrine to him, like with all mm-hmm. of his age progression pictures, so that she could see what he would look like. And it was just like. The most heartbreaking yeah. thing I've ever had to watch. It was horrible. Holy shit. Yeah, it was so bad. Like, I don't even know. That, again, it's like the tsunami story. I don't know mm-hmm. how you go on after losing a kid like that. I don't know. Especially either. when it's your only kid. You're probably not going to be able to have any more kids. Like, mm-hmm. not, you can, not like you can have a replacement kid, but you can right, at least. Right, but have somebody else to have that maternal love for. Right. Yeah. Um, It's, yeah, just heartbreaking and... Yeah, I don't really know what else to say about that. Yeah. Uh, it was, Like I said, it was really a nice change to have, like, good law enforcement in right. one episode because that's not typically the case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm very glad. Like, it sucks that it didn't turn up anything. But, mm-hmm. like, just having other people give a shit about you and your kid for yeah. any amount of time, I imagine, is more comforting than being told, oh, it was a suicide. Yeah, and I mean, at least they have the comfort in knowing that they did – everything that they could to yeah. try to find them because like the people who don't have the support of law enforcement, who don't have the access to the resources that they need and aren't able to do that kind of search immediately. Like they'll ne- they'll go their whole life wondering if we would have had the support, could we have found them, you yeah. know, in those critical hours. So yeah. Was he just a block away in somebody's apartment? Right. Right. That those what ifs would be going. I that, that's how I think. I'm like a spiral what if thinker. So um, <laughs> that's called anxiety. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's how I know my brain would be if if I were in that situation. So oh yeah, yeah no, it's it would be horrifying. And like mm-hmm. 
that I mean that's essentially the story in Atlanta Monster. Like it's all these it's essentially all these people who eventually I think he ended up getting like twenty three kids. Um and like by the end, like people are like, it's probably this guy who's like really fucking creepy and creeps on kids and you know if anybody had fucking listened, they could have prevented a large number of children from being yeah. kidnapped and or murdered. Cops, man. Fuck the police. A cab. A cab. Especially this week with Walter Wallace Jr. And it's just like, it feels like there's so many fucking people who are missing and murdered by the fucking cops. I know. I can't even keep everybody straight now. I just want to cut everyone. Not really. I just just want peace. I just need peace. I know. I just need like a moment, man. And like every day, every day, it's something else. (laughs) Yesterday, my dad and my parents aren't, my parents and I, we aren't like, phone people we usually text if we have something to say mm-hmm. um and i got a call from my dad and the last time he called me was when he told me my uncle had a stroke and i answered and i was like hello and he was like it's okay everything's all right and i was like oh thank god thank you just god that's like how we have to start every single phone call <laughs> i know Hi, i'm not calling about anything bummer <laughs> everything's okay yeah. i just need to know your license plate number right right and i was like thank god thank god i could not handle something else right now Right, I know, and it's like we live a relatively privileged life mm-hmm. here. Like we're yeah. white ladies with a middle class amount of money. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. Like, <sighs> and it's still the, just so much. The world is an awful place. I know, I know. The world's an awful place, but being alive is horrible. I think America is really the awful place. Everywhere else seems to be like able to do a change. And we are just so stuck up our own fucking asses. I don't even can't. know. I have nothing to say. I'm over Americans right now. I know. I'm so over America. Like, I know that everyone's getting their second wave now like they expected, but we haven't even finished our first fucking wave. I know. People keep, they keep saying that on the news too. Like, oh, we're in another wave. But we're like, but Kyler and I are like, we never left the wave. Like, we've been in this wave since fucking March. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're in the swamp. We're in a swamp of just bullshit <laughs> we're gonna spike we're spiking again we're, we're spiking like for like the highest we've ever spiked before but it's not a new wave guys Mm-mm. we've been Swamp's riding <laughs> exactly jesus it's a hurricane coming through the everglades like <sighs> we're still in the swamp and now there's just more water yay and next and we're almost we're not even to election day yet do you have anything else that you wanted to say about the last no. episode or any of these? I thought these were really good episodes. Again, wasn't this like like I thought these were the top three episodes of both seasons? These were all really really good. Um, I mean, I've liked all of the episodes honestly, but I do think these mm-hmm. were some of the stronger ones, and I liked yeah. that all of them were very different too. Yeah, um, yeah, which I which is what I would I sorry. Go. It's what I really like about this show is that they have so many different types of mysteries mm-hmm. and different kinds of people and all kinds of stuff like that. So I appreciate the kind of the diversity of things in the in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited to see more episodes because I love me a good unsolved mystery. Oh, yeah. I mean, I do and I don't. I always want a fucking answer. I want to know. Mm-hmm. I want to work out that puzzle and I want to be like, shit, I knew it was him. But <laughs> yes, yes, there is definitely a um, something to be said for answers. But 
I do. Yeah. I love the appeal of like a what the fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love a good what the fuck. Like, I, yeah. I just want there to be an answer. <laughs> I get that for sure. And I know that they want answers too. So, like, yeah. that's the thing. It's like, oh, it's kind of a feel bad story, but I can't right. stop watching. Def- no, never. But I think that is all for today. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have anything you want to say about any of these episodes, um, or if you have any recommendations for things you want us to talk about, feel free to shoot us an email at tvliterate at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, YouTube, and Patreon at tvliterate. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. We love chit chatting with you on mm-hmm. posts and stuff. Like, send us the weird stuff. Anything. Like Kardashian has COVID. Like, does she? Yeah, she does. Oh, well, good thing they were just on, like, their private island, island with everyone. Yeah, being tested. After two weeks of blah, 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 blah health screens. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. Like, mm-hmm. Chloe right. Kardashian. I think she was on, I think it was on, like, Keeping Up with the Kardashians or something. But I just saw it this morning, and my eyes rolled fully into the back of my head. Yeah. God. So don't get COVID. Don't get COVID um just just hang in there we we know it's we know it's rough just hang in there we're here for you yeah and we're gonna release this after halloween so i hope you had a good halloween and you stayed safe and warm and ate a lot of candy and watched spoopy fucking movies that's that's all you need that is all you need and i hope you had a good start to your november and we will see you guys very soon yep cross your fingers that we the next time we see you we all won't be just sobbing into the microphone that Yes, please, please.